Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that works best for you. Now in today's message, Pastor Tony will be delivering an encouraging word that we know is going to touch your life. We pray that you listen with expectation, believing that everything you need from God, he's going to do it. Enjoy today's message. Let's go to the word today. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 3. Three weeks ago on Easter, we started our series 3. And we talked about how the number 3 is a word that was used all throughout the word of God from Genesis to Revelation It was weaved throughout the word of God and it was a word of alignment. It was a word of positioning. It positioned people to prosper and live out the destiny that they were called to live out. We find in the word of God that a triune God was governing and creating. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all present in the garden. He created a man and a woman that had a body, soul, and spirit. We find that Abraham was encountered by three visitors and he would launch out into a realm of faith that we had not yet seen in the word of God. We find that Abraham would have Isaac and Jacob and together they would make up the three that all throughout the Old Testament would be a standard of the promise of God, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. We find that Jonah would be in a belly of a well for three days. And in the belly of a well, God would not only speak to Jonah, but speak to the fish that would realign Jonah with his purpose and destiny. We find that Joshua in Joshua chapter 3 would tell the people of God, get ready for in three days we're going to pack up and peel out of this wilderness. We're going to leave 40 years behind and possess a promise that we are destined for. We find we jump into a New Testament. And we find that there are three kings that come to visit the Messiah. They bring three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, every gift declaring who he is. We find long, not only would Jesus have the 70, the 12, but he would have three. Three that he would position strategically to release a body of believers to change a world. Three that would unleash a kingdom. One would preach a New Testament message and launch a church that is operating in power today. One would have a revelation on an island that would give us a roadmap to end times, but also give us a spiritual handbook to do warfare with. We find that the Bible tells us that a threefold cord cannot easily be broken. The Bible over and over teaches us that this three is threaded through the word of God would align in position. Jesus would teach his disciples that he was the way, the truth, and the life. He would pick up a cross. Three nails would hold him to a tree and suspend him between earth and heaven. And the Bible said he would declare three words that would change your destiny, my destiny, and the world. It is written. I mean, it is finished. And when he would declare that, the Bible said he would hang his head and die. But in three days, he would rise again. And when you understand that we are third day Christians, the Bible said that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, it works in us. Matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, because it works in me, 
I can believe for more. I can hope for more. I can trust for more. Matter of fact, he said more than I can even think of, more than I can even imagine, more than I can write down. Now, I can dream some big dreams. I can see a big picture, but what God has for me, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Why? I'm a third-day Christian, and I believe that third-day Christians, there's always greater in their future. There's always more in their future. Resurrected people always believe that old things are passed away and all things are becoming new. And when I get to this step, there's always a greater step in my future. And when I get to the next season, there's always a greater season in my next season. And we find in Matthew chapter 3 that Jesus is walking into waters of baptism. He is about to be baptized by John the Baptist. And in verse 16 of Matthew chapter 3, it says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the waters, and at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son in whom I love, and I am well pleased. Three things happened. The heavens opened. The Holy Spirit came down. And the Father began to speak. The heavens opened. The Holy Spirit came down. And the heavens began to declare. What if today God would open the heavens? What if the Holy Spirit would overshadow you in such a way that you would leave here with a word knowing that you were affirmed by God and that you were his beloved, that you were his son or daughter and that you were being led by the Spirit of God. Now, I love the water seasons of life. I love when the heavens are opening. I don't know about you, but I love when I'm in an outpouring of God's presence and love. But you will not stay in a water season of life. You will not remain in a water season of life because make no mistake, just as there are water seasons, there are wilderness seasons. And you cannot always live, you know, and if I told you today that you would, once you became a Christian, all you would have was a water season and all you would have was seasons of open heaven, I would misinform you. I would misguide you. And I really would not prepare you for the wilderness seasons that are ahead. But when you understand the power of a water season and you grasp those moments where the Father has spoken into your life, you find out that he will lead you through the wilderness seasons. Because we find in Matthew chapter 4, the Bible said Jesus was led in to the wilderness. The Bible said after he got there, something began to happen. The Bible said that the enemy began to come at Jesus over and over and over. The Bible said that as he came at Jesus, he began to do something. He began to tempt him. And I find out my greatest temptation is not in the water seasons of my life. It's not at Sunday mornings at, at 9, 11, 12, 45. But it's in those dark seasons of life where I'm down and I'm tired and I'm weary. I find it's in those seasons of my life where I'm looking for the next season and I'm struggling in the now season. Where I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not yet where I'm going. Because usually what I find the wilderness season of my life is, it's a transition season. Now what? Jesus is coming out of a water season and he's heading to a season of miracles. The next season, water would be changed to wine. The next 
next season, lame legs would leap for joy. The next season, blind eyes would see. The next season, a sack lunch would feed a multitude. The next season, he would walk on water and quiet the wind and the wave. The next season, dead things would rise up and begin to live. But he was not in the next season yet. He was in the now season. And the now season was a wilderness season. And three times, the enemy came to Jesus. And he began to tempt him. And he began to test him. The first time he comes, he tells him, he said, I know you're hungry, and if you were really God, you would turn these stones to bread. If it was really in your power, he appealed to his hunger. So many times in your wilderness season, the enemy will appeal to the hunger of your life. The hunger for success. The hunger for relationship. The hunger for acceptance. The hunger for affirmation. The hunger for the things that you desire to fill the voids of your life. And you have to watch because it's the wilderness season. He tries to give you artificial substance. That will suffice and fill the places in your life. But Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And this is how he battled right here. Three words. It is written. It is written. He said, man shall not live by the word, by, 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 the, by bread alone, but by every word that flows out of the mouth of God. That word flow, that word proceeds, he used there, it means ever forthcoming. He said, there's always a forthcoming word. It was in my water season. It will be in my wilderness season. It will be in the miraculous sea. I'm not going to live by temporal things, but I'm going to live by what God is declaring. I'm not going to live by the things that, 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 that seem temporal in my life. But he began to quote the word. He began to use the word. Another time he comes and he now is, is beginning to, 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 to appeal to his egotism. He said, you know, if truly you are the son of God, call angels to deliver you. If you're really the son of God, call a legion of angels to bear you up. And once again, he said, it is written. He said, don't test me. He said, don't test God and don't try God. He appealed to his ego. I'm telling you, pride will cause you to topple over and defeat you every time. Humility becomes an escalator. If you were to go to the mall, and you were to get on an escalator, you can try to run up the escalator and get there. But how many know when you get on the escalator, it automatically just takes you to next levels and new levels. It's what humility does in your life. You just step into it, and it carries you to high places. Jesus said, not today, devil. It is written. Enemy slides in again. The third time. Because the enemy always has a counterfeit to what God is going to do. This number three was aligning Jesus, but the enemy used his own tactics. The third time he sweeps in. And he tells him, look at all that I possess. And the Bible says he shows him the splendors of the world and all the kingdoms. And he said, if you bow to me and serve me, you can have it all. He began to try to entice him 
with material things and possessions. Now, possessions aren't wrong, but when possessions possess you, they are. When you can't give it up for him, it's wrong. When you can't lay anything down for him, it's wrong. And all of a sudden, these things are at his disposal. After 40 days of being in a wilderness, after 40 days of leaving a water season, after 40 days of walking through this dry place, I'm sure he is weary, but he rose up in the power of the word. And he said, it is written. You know, you're not supposed to be messing with the Lord your God. He said, I'm only to serve him and I'm only to bow to him. Get behind me, devil. This is what you have to realize. The water season was an amazing experience. The wilderness season was a building place because on the other side of the wilderness season, miracles were about to happen. Lame legs were about to leap for joy. Blind eyes were about to see. A multitude was going to be fed with a small sack lunch. Water was going to be changed to wine. Jesus was going to walk on water. He's going to calm the wind and the wave. He's going to call dead people out of grave. And friend, I'll tell you, the most, uh, the many, many times in my life, in my wilderness season, that the enemy is trying to sidetrack me and trying to defeat me, it's because he's trying to keep me from the supernatural seasons of my life. He's trying to keep me from the breakthrough that's on the other side of the wilderness. I may not be in the water. I may be in a wilderness, but there is breakthrough on the way. I can see a miracle right around the corner because I got a word. I got a word in the wilderness. I got a word in the water season of my life. He said he loved me. He said he was pleased with me. He said my best is yet to come. He said I'm the head and not the tail. He said I'm the first and not the last. He said I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. He declared that every step is ordered. I find out, I really find out what I'm made of in the wilderness seasons of life. He said, get behind me, Satan. That's what happens. The Bible said he walks out of the wilderness and miracles begin to happen. Here's what you need to know. It was the water season that loaded the gun. It was the water season that put bullets in the gun. It was the water season where the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit moved and the Father began to speak. Because sometimes we try to pull out our weapon and there's no ammo in the weapon. We have an empty cartridge. And we try to defeat the devil with nothing. To, but I'll tell you, it's those moments. That's why David learned how to be a king all alone in a field in the presence of a king. Because one day he would walk through a valley of a shadow of death. And he would have to pull out a weapon and say, but I will fear no evil because you are in this valley. You've anointed me for this season. You've called me into this season. Oh, I know there's a throne in the future. So this is not my final resting place. And I will fear no evil. Matter of fact, you're about to breed, build a table in the presence of my enemies my cup is actually running over in this season and I am going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever that's why he would say your word is hidden deep in my heart so I will not sin against you that's why he said it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path because it's easy to see where you're going when everything is good but when it's dark and you're in a wilderness all you have to do is step by faith I just trust that the next season is there and I just have to trust 
that the next step is there. And I just have to trust you know what you're doing in this season. I just have to trust that you're working all things out for my good. I just have to trust that you're moving on my behalf. I just have to trust that you're working in places I cannot see. And when you walk in that place and you walk out of that place, that's where miracles start happening. I've come to tell someone this afternoon, you're at the doorway of a breakthrough. You're at the doorway of a turnaround. You're at the doorway of a next season. Somebody's about to step into their best as yet to come. Somebody's about to walk out. I know the enemy's trying to sidetrack you and get in your head. Somebody needs to look at him. Oh no, I've got a word. Get behind me, devil. I'm about to step up and step out. I'm about to walk into my purpose and my destiny. Put your hands together this afternoon and give him praise. Come on, jump to your feet. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Then he goes on to tell me that I am a mighty weapon in 2 Corinthians. For our warfare is not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down. Oh, get behind me, Satan. Take your rightful place. It is written. For every attack, there was a word. For every attack, he had ammunition. For every attack, something had already been set in place. For every attack, he was ready. And the water seasons of your life equip you for the wilderness seasons of your life. And you stroll in knowing that whatever comes your way, you're ready. Because there is a real devil out there. He's not a fable or a storybook character. And he will steal your family. He will rob you of your joy. He will silence your destiny. Matter of fact, the Bible said he's moving around like a roaring lion. Was anybody here when I brought the lion at Easter a few years back? It was crazy. Huge lion. I saw him at a conference. I've got to have that lion for Easter. Called the man and he brought the lion three services. That lion was pouncing around. People's eyes were huge. And I preached about Freedom, And I talked about even though you're the king of the jungle, if you live in a cage, it doesn't matter. About the third service, that line got tired. He just looked at me. <laughs> Peter started writing about us. Said, you don't like animals? I said, well, I love steak. Not yet. <laughs> I love animals. I asked the gentleman, I said, you think the lion will roar today? He started laughing. He said, Pastor, he said, if that lion really roared, it would clear out the building. I said, really? He said, oh, you can hear the roar of a lion three to five miles away. He said, he'll whimper a little bit. He may make a little noise, but he won't roar. He said, you know, that's really why they call the lion the king of the jungle. It's not because he's the strongest animal. Because there's many animals that are stronger and larger. 
It's not because he's the fastest animal. There's many animals that are faster and quicker. But he said he is a roar that when he roars, everybody is put on notice that the king of the jungle has arrived. His roar will cause elephants to stop in their track. His roar will send herds of zebra the opposite direction. His roar captivates the jungle. The Bible said there's an enemy moving around. And he has the roar of a lion. And he's trying to pounce on people that his roar paralyzes. And that's what he did to Jesus. He rolled into the wilderness and he tried to roar. He rolled right up next to him in a weary season and he tried to roar. He rolled in after 40 days and he tried to roar. But there was a word in the spirit of Jesus. And Jesus looked at the roar and he got a little louder. Why? He was the lion of the tribe of Judah. And what you have to understand, the lion of the tribe of Judah, is in you and when the enemy begins to roar you just get louder and declare it is written when he comes against your family it is written when he comes against your health it is written when he comes against your finances it is written when he tells you you're defeated it is is written. When he tells you you're going to die or lose your mind or go under, it is written. And you rise up in the middle of a wilderness season and by faith declare my best is yet to come. Miracles are in my future. Breakthrough is in my future. An outpouring is in my future. Peace is in my future. Prosperity is in my future. It is written. Here's how you battle the enemy. You don't do it through the flesh. You do it by the power of the word. And I'll tell you, there's a there's a bullet for your spiritual gun for every attack. There's a word for your family. There's a word for your finances. There's a word for your health. A word for discouragement. A word of empowerment. A word for anything you encounter. So anytime the enemy rolled in, Jesus just looked at him and said, Hit the road, Jack. It is written. Get behind me. It is written. What are you doing here again? It is written. I, don't mistake this weary season for a defeated season. Don't... Don't mistake where I'm walking right now that I've given up on my faith, but I'm fighting a good fight. I'm standing strong. I'm looking to a future. I'm believing for a report. And I'm looking and knowing that God is working in unseen. Get behind me, Satan. It is written. See, to raise the volume a little bit, I'm going to pray over you today. Because God is aligning us. And he's positioning us. And he's getting ready to take you. So, Pastor, I've been in a wilderness place. That just tells me breakthrough is in your future. He said, Pastor, I'm not in a water season right now. That's all right. I find the word works best in the wilderness season. God gives you the word in the water season so that you can walk through the wilderness season and be victorious. I believe this, that as you step out, every battle is going to build your faith. Every circumstance 
is going to cultivate who you are. Every time you've had to open your mouth and let out a roar, he's increasing the level and the tenacity of the boldness of your spirit. It is written. It's how I fight my battles. I'm not going to fight you in the flesh. It is written. I'm not going to fight you with carnal words. It's just noise. It is written. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to get foolish. I'm just going to stand on the word of the living God. Because the Bible said heaven and earth can pass away. But this word will remain. So Father, I just declare today that you're working. You're speaking. You're moving. You're challenging us. You're stirring us. You're working in us. So Father, we just put the enemy on notice. He's messed with the wrong individual. He's messed with the wrong family. He's messed with the wrong household of faith. We've got a word. We've got a word. And we declare it is written. It is written. It is written. So Father, I speak blessing. I speak encouragement. I speak strength. I declare that the next step has already been ordered. And a season of favor and blessing is in their future. And I pray it in the name that is above every name the name of Jesus. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download the City Life app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great worshiping with you today, and we'll see you next time.